Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing us buying the rights to the Sarah McLaughlin music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the arms of a stranger. Kind oh, of yeah. Played in the no, background. Ar- arms of an angel. Arms of an angel, yes, yes. There arms we go. of a stranger. That's like, yeah. I think that's a disco song from, you know, the wrong side of the tracks. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, that was the theme for my prom. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, such a pleasure to see you again today. And um, I'm going to ask you to forgive me for any um, uh, coughing that you hear because I'm getting over a cold, but... We couldn't put this off any longer. We had to record this episode. It needed to be done. Oh, there's so much good stuff percolating in our brains. We got to get it out. <laughs> there's no doubt. And yeah, no, you, yeah, you got that kind of deep nasal, you, you know, sensuous kind of thing going on there. So uh, sensuous. You know, uh, yeah, I, that's, I get that a lot. That was, that was actually an expression in my college. Hey, sensuous. And somebody would turn around. Since you was up, could you get me a sandwich? You know, like, <laughs> oh, that's that's cold. That's cold. The uh, before we go any further, have to give yes. a shout out. Uh, you know, of all our listeners, both of them, fifty percent of our audience <laughs> was in the hospital recently. Uh, so yes. Uh, yeah, yes, Mark B. Butt uh, is his pseudonym. Uh, you know. And uh, he had a little thing going on. He was in the hospital. They treated him. He's back out. So the uh, yeah, yeah, our hundred percent of our audience is back on point. So uh, we are excited about that, Mark. Yes, yes, yeah. Get well, Mark. Uh, stay healthy. Uh, we really need you. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah. And and in the meantime, I will say I, I was checking our stats, and um, we uh, we have now had. Uh, 2,600, more than 2,600 total downloads uh, since we switched to the Podbean service that we use to sort of broadcast our uh, podcast. So uh, thank you to whoever it is that's doing that. We have a a relatively newer listener, Dale, who has been apparently not just listening, but also uh, spreading the gospel of It Doesn't Take a Genius, uh, which is appropriate because he's a pastor. Uh, of, of a of a church with a big leadership team so that's that's been nice thank you dale for that oh well yeah and I, yeah we heard from another listener and he was uh facing a very tough decision with a team member uh that mm. was uh he was in charge of and uh he reportedly listened to our episode on uh toxic high producers 10 times <laughs> so so yeah he, he's late awake at night listening to it and then the next morning uh, knew exactly what he needed to do and, and, you know, took action and, Beautiful. and, uh, excited to, 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 you know, inform everybody. It turned out really well. So, well, that is awesome. And as much as we get excited about, you know, cool ideas, um, the whole point of this is to be practical and to give people stuff that actually helps life get better in the workplace. So that's awesome to hear. Oh yeah. Very cool. And I hear you've got a situation, uh, a client yes. you're working with that we need to talk through. I, I thought it would uh, would be good fodder because it's something actually you and I had talked about doing an episode on um, earlier, um, and it ties in with a, a story. I think I think you know we actually didn't we didn't strategize this very well, but I think you're going to share a story with a visual aid. Am I correct about that? Uh, we will, and it'll tie into an episode that we're going to do uh, a little bit okay. later as well. P- pretend that pretend that I didn't say that. We, we can edit that out in post. 
so anyway, um, <laughs> we don't have post. I'm post. <laughs> yes. I wait for the file to come from you, and then I start editing. That's how that works. Uh, and I'm not going to edit that out, by the way. It's just not going to happen. I can just tell you right now. Um, so, so here's my situation is I've been working with a client uh, that has a goal of uh, processing through a bunch of files. And I'm going to be very vague here on purpose. Uh, but they're going to process through a bunch of files and they have a, a window. Let's let's say it's a two-year window. Over two years, they want to get through all of these files. And um, almost every person in the office uh, of this client has a role in doing that. And the issue has been, um, you know, okay, so that's the goal. They, they, they have this goal and there's a reason that they have this goal. But how exactly do we measure that we're making progress on that. And, and more to the point, how does the boss have conversations with the team to say, hey, are you on track? Do you have what you need? Are you doing the stuff you need to do to, to process the files that you know it is our ultimate goal by the end of the year? So we're basically talking about, I think, Four Disciplines of Execution, one of our favorite books. And I wanted to talk through sort of what are opportunities there? No, I think that's fantastic. The uh, the first question is, does everyone uh, that's performing these roles, do they know how to do these things, to do what they're assigned to do? Yeah, yeah, good good question. <clears throat> so, again, we're going to be we're going to be pretty vague here. So, you know, some of these details may be um, changed for the sake of anonymity and, and for the sake of making it a podcast. But the general answer is yes. Do they understand the why? Probably, I would say, not necessarily as much as, you know, some more than others. Um, that each of their roles uh, not only has a, you know, a, a big impact in hitting hitting the goal, but it might be a baton handoff to somebody else in the office. So, mm -hmm. you know, what you do is going to impact what they do. Got it. The So... It sounds like they have uh, what they would call in the four disciplines of execution, a wildly important goal. Yes. A, a wig. So so I've got to get through 100% of the files and I've got to do it, it within 24 months. That is that is 100% accurate. And and right there, that alone is, is amazing clarity. You know, how many yeah. organizations do we work with where they're trying to come up with some arbitrary goal and figure something out? You know, what do I ultimately want to achieve and things like this? In this case, boom, we got it. 100% yeah. of the files, two years, that's, that's, you know, that's the celebratory point. So, so that's fantastic. And so now you've got to break that down uh, into right. lead and lag measures, as the book would say. Uh, yeah. So the, the lead measures, uh, do we have a tracking system for the lead measures? We do not. And, and we, we should probably take a little time out here for the sake of anybody who has any kind of office, any kind of staff to, to talk about what we mean by lead measures, because uh, this, is, uh, this is something that uh, literally impacts anybody working with other people. Like if you if you work with other people, there is something here for you. Um, and, and the idea being. Great, you have a goal, you have this endpoint, you know, you're uh, I, th I think the way the book puts it is that there's a there's a, a start line, a finish line and a deadline. You know, I'm going to get to 100 percent of these files by the 24 month mark. OK, great. That's easily measured. 
but it's sort of like what we talked about with uh, smart goals, that there are smart activities that lead to the smart goals. What are the, what are the things that you could do if you had to place a bet, a strategic bet, what's the, the one thing that you could do that would most impact hitting that goal in your role? And mm -hmm. so, you know, the question is for each of these roles, uh, what would that be? That applies to literally any uh, team out there that everybody has that one thing that they can do that most impacts that end goal for the team. Is that oh. fair? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And this is the part everybody struggles with. Uh, yeah. got your, your lead measures, which are basically activities, things that are within the scope of the team members control to, to do or not do. These are very difficult to measure in most cases. Yeah. Uh, we typically you know, don't measure them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't measure them. And, and sometimes measuring them is subjective or requires us to create a, a, a metric, you know, keeping tool. Uh, whereas the lag measures, uh, those are very easy. Often those times, those are presented to you. You know, in, in an yeah. organization, that could be your profit or loss statement, number of units sold, uh, you know, market share, whatever it might be. You don't have to go looking for those numbers. Somebody higher up than you will hand them to you on a <laughs> you know, consistent basis. Uh, you know, here's, right. here's your sales report for last month. Yeah. But what they don't hand you is here's your activities report. Yep. Uh, which is the lead measures and the activities are what generate the lag numbers. And so, uh, you know, in our case, uh, like in the, in the, in the automotive retail space, uh, you know, service advisor, we're going to measure their dollars per RO, you know, how much per ticket, how many one line ROs things, you know, repair orders and things like that. What we don't measure is how many times do they present uh, the additional work that was found uh, that legitimately needs to be done. And the customer, how many times did they make the customer aware of that? And ask for for you know the customer's approval to go forward. Yeah, there's yeah. no there's no measure. As of, as of right now, there's no artificial intelligence uh, camera in the corner of the service lane saying he did it, he did it. There, nobody's keeping account of this unless they just manually, you know, by good faith keep account of themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes you see that's uh, that's what happens with activities. Yep. We have to we have to you know, keep account of them ourselves. So when, especially when you're talking about office work, yeah. uh, you know, very difficult to, to talk about. In, in this case, uh, it is interesting because I, you know, I've got a defined file. The file has been broken up into multiple parts and everybody's got a role to play in moving the file forward. Yeah. And, and so now you're, you're, you're starting to see the, the creation of a game. You know, a, a great video game has levels. Uh, yep. you, know, you know, this this is a level one file, a level two, a level three, a level four, a completed file. Yep. And so, yeah, now it starts to start to take focus in your mind. Okay, if I turn this into into a game, if I you know if I can create a scoreboard for the activities and the progress of this file, ultimately I can I can focus on day to day activities that will ultimately lead to the the conclusion of this two year goal. And, and just so we're clear for our listeners, both of them, uh, when you say a scoreboard, you literally mean a board with some kind of score on it. I mean, something on the wall that would be a visual representation of how we're doing at achieving not just the goal, but also the activity, the, the you know, where we're at in the level, so to speak, to, to uh, achieve the goal. Oh, definitely. I think one of the, the greatest shortcomings, and we've talked about this, uh, in today's modern society is the inability to see physical progress towards a goal. Amen. 
like a lot of people still like to mow their lawn. They could afford to have somebody else have, mow their lawn, but they still like it because there's that there's that incredible gratitude as you're as you're you know plowing down a row. All right, and it's yep. unkempt here, and where I I've just been, it's oh, it's smooth and uniform, and and, and right. there isn't a person on the planet who, when they're done mowing the lawn, doesn't take that pause and stand there in the corner of their lawn like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, I'm the greatest. La- I'm the Edward Scissorhands of landscaping. <laughs> I'm the man, you know. And in our in our current world, especially in the setting you're talking about, where it's an office setting. They can literally yeah. work a 10-hour day and nothing, nothing within their visual field has changed one iota uh, that would let them know that that I've done something. This goes, this goes to my theory on adding machine tape in accountant offices. Uh, you know, every time you go in the accountant's office, there's an adding machine tape and it's, you know, six feet of it laying on the floor of the, you know, and my instinct is to go over and tear it off. <laughs> Just fix that up for you. Tidy up this place. And they're like, no, no, this is this is my physical demonstration of I have crunched numbers, six <laughs> feet of numbers. And I can I can I, I can walk and show you. People walk in and go, Oh my goodness, you have worked so hard. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad you recognize I've done so much arithmetic today. Yes, there was math <laughs> and good. everything. So, yeah. so yeah, how do we externalize this into some sort of physical scoreboard, right? And, and yeah. every time we present this to managers, managers always say the same thing. They go, well, it's in the computer. Uh, you know, the, right. the, the data is all there. There's so many sophisticated programs in business now that, yeah, I can go look it up on a spreadsheet or, you know, some sort of, you know, software that, that creates reports. But that's not what people need. Human beings need a scoreboard, right? Yeah. The same reason we have them at sporting events. So, uh, you know, what are we going to put on that scoreboard? And the scoreboard, according to, you know, the four disciplines of execution and our experience should include the lag measures, you know, those, yeah. those, you know, okay, here's the end result, the, how close are we to the goal? And what's the gap and that type of thing, as well as the activities. And so yeah. what are the activities and how well are we tracking on our activities daily, weekly, monthly, whatever is applicable uh, to the task that's going right. to ultimately change the lag measures? So uh, I've got my 4DX book in my hand, my well-thumbed Four Disciplines of Execution book. Oh, it is worn. Yes, it is. I, I have used this book um, and I, I thought it'd be worth uh, pointing out. They, they talk about a, a couple of different lead measures. Um, one is just what we said. They call it the leveraged behaviors. Uh, they, they say these are lead measures that track the specific behaviors you want the team to perform throughout the week. Like this is, you do this, we know that we're going to get closer to that goal more than anything else. So how many times did you do this? Um, the other one is small outcomes. And they describe this as lead measures that focus the team on achieving a weekly result but give each team member of the team latitude to choose their own method of achieving it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, th- this could be different things for different uh, different folks. You know, again, we use automotive uh, examples all the time, but uh, one example of small outcomes is if you had a really seasoned sales force, maybe what you say to them is um, sell more used cars this month, you know, this week, whatever. And they're just going to do that, right? Like they just know how to do that, you know, or, or we'd like to sell more, uh, you know, some sort of financial product 
uh, or insurance product. And they're just going to do that because they're seasoned enough. They know they know what they need to do to make that happen. And for some reason, the, the team has decided that if we focus on that thing, it's going to help us achieve our wildly important goal. So we're just going to do that. Uh, but there might be a younger uh, sales force, a newer sales force, that it, it would need to be more block and tackle and, and say things like, we, we know that if we do a walk around of the product with the customer, we're more likely to sell. So instead of giving the team sort of like, you know, ah, take that hill. Great. That'll be, that'll be our, our wildly, uh, the, the, our lead measure for the week to achieve our wildly important goal. Instead, we're going to say something like, um, do these activities with every customer. And we know that that will lead to taking the hill and, and the wildly important goal. Um, I, that's, that's maybe a long winded way to say it, but I, I, you know, for, it's going to be different for different teams, I guess is where, I, where I'm going with that. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I, sometimes it's not always for the, uh, you know, the new people, uh, sometimes yeah, yeah, even, yeah. Uh, even our veteran people, uh, the book calls it the whirlwind, right? The everyday yes. activities you, you walk into, you know, the, your workspace, you got a plan and the whirlwind hits. Yeah, uh, right. The towel dispenser falls off the wall in the bathroom, and you know, angry customer comes in, and then this yep. happens, and then you got to meet with the vendor, and then, and then you know, the, the boss wants to have it, and all of a sudden, yeah, you look up and and you haven't done any of the things that you know would move us forward in, in reaching our goals. Yeah, and, and so so even the most veteran, you know, you know, stalwart knows exactly what to do, but staying focused on that activity uh, is difficult when you're in the whirlwind. And really so, well so, so the book, you know, whether you're a, a, a young person who's not sure what to do, and this is the direction that you need, or you're a veteran who I know exactly what to do, but I need somebody to, you know, some system to keep me focused. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing. And so thinking about, yeah, yeah. How do we, how do we track these activities? Uh, the other thing that when you were describing the situation, okay, I've got to, I've got to get through all these files. And once I, once I focus on speed and completion, uh, then there's oftentimes the, what happens to quality. Yeah. Accuracy suffers. Yeah. So, so I've got to have some measures around accuracy as well. If I focus on speed, I'll get it done, but it's probably not going to be all that you know clean. It's going to be messy. Right. And so finding that, you know, focusing on the balance between speed and accuracy now I got something. Yeah. And, and so, so what is it that they could do uh, in order to, to, to focus on, you know, not only doing the work, but doing the work in a quality manner? Yeah, you, you and I talked about this a little bit. And I, I think there's, you know, there, there's probably several different things that you could steal from the world of uh, manufacturing, frankly, hmm. for processing through a file. You know, it might be, you know, two people on the same file you know, so that they can check each other's progress. If we know that we have two people tackling a file at a time, we're more likely to catch mistakes. Or it could be somebody following up uh, behind, maybe the boss, uh, you know, saying, I'm going to take a random, you know, sampling of, uh, of uh, you know, what's been produced this week and uh, do a, a quality check, a quality assurance check. Um, so those were a, a couple ideas that I think are on the table. Um, I dare say there are other ideas. Well, I think uh, your ideas are perfect, and I think you add to that, it becomes part of the scoreboard. Yeah. So we're looking at our weekly accuracy. So we're gonna we're gonna take twenty files a week, 
yeah. check them for 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 accuracy. All right, did we did we hit all the steps? Is everything you know coded correctly or or inputted correctly? And then we post the weekly accuracy score where we were eighty seven percent. And yeah. our, and then we have our overall accuracy score, which is cumulative of all the weeks, where we're saying and and our overall score is is ninety eight percent accurate. Mm. And and we set a goal for that, right? We want to we want to be 99 accurate, uh, you know, with the with the you know the updating of these files. Yeah. And so now I've got I've got you know I haven't had, I don't check them all, but just like you said, manufacturing, I'm I'm pulling out random amounts. I'm doing it consistently. And that's the key part, right? The scoreboard helps keep you consistent because I know I've got to update the accuracy number once a week on the scoreboard. Yeah, so yeah. that just right there, I know what I have to do at some point towards the end of the week. I got to pull 20, 20 files and check them. So I have another client um, and I'm, I'll actually use their name uh, because I'm, I'm just going to plain old brag on them. Uh, Soft Shoe, name of a independent shoe and clothing store in Richmond, Kentucky. I encourage all of you to shop at SoftShoe. Uh, SoftShoe has an amazing scanning uh, technology. Uh, it's called the Albert Scanner, um, and uh, it, it basically it, it's it, it's able to to measure all sorts of things about your feet, so that it can accurately uh, assess what kind of insole you need. And I've never seen anything like it. Like the, the level of detail this thing gives is crazy. Um, and it's really improved like how uh, how uh, well my shoes wear as, as well as fit and how long they last and how I feel on them. It's really good stuff. Um, but they've they figured out, and, and this is actually something that uh, the Four Disciplines of Execution guys had early on happen with a big retail chain, uh, was, you know, if we can if we can somehow measure feet, we're going to sell more per ticket. You know, like it makes sense when you hear it, right? You know, like you, you've got to measure feet to be able to sell things for those feet. Right. Um, yeah. And and SoftShoe is a huge uh, believer in customer service. They want this to be done the right way. The reason we measure your feet is because we're helping you. We can't serve you if we don't know enough about you to recommend the right kind of things for you. So they take this very seriously. They talk about it the way I just described it, the why behind what they're doing. And um, and for, for a long time now, they've been measuring on their sales sheet, their weekly breakdown, foot scans, because it's a computerized system. So they have the ability to do that. Well, I wasn't sure how it was going. And I just met with the owner uh, actually yesterday. And he said, oh, oh, it's going very well. Um, we're, we're consistently, and I, and, and I, I don't want to, you know, give out exact numbers here just to, uh, you know, I, I don't know how proprietary this is, but, uh, they're, they're world-class of all the Albert scanners out there. They're, they're top 10, Ooh. like, like behind Disney world's location that has a, you know, a shoe store that, that uses the, uh, the Albert scanner. Um, why? Well, it's because they're looking at it on a regular basis, right? Everybody knows their numbers. Like we're, we have a scoreboard. We're we're using a scoreboard, so it's it's a huge deal um, that applies to literally any industry. I mean, it could be an administrative office sitting in a room with no windows. It could be something as um, you know graphic as a, a retail floor that's literally putting shoes on people's feet. Everybody has something that they they have the ability to look at in their numbers. Um, but only if you figure out what those numbers are about. What what are the lead measures? Mm -hmm. 
No, I think that's fascinating. And and if the machine wasn't tracking this, then yeah, you would have to track it, right? It would have to be tracked manually. That's and this right. Can, this can be this simple. And we've done this in in, in businesses where yeah. each person keeps a tick sheet. Yep. So if you do the activity, you make a little mark. You do yep. four of them and you do the fifth one, you make a little line through it, which is very satisfying. And then you yeah. make four more marks and then, yeah, the other mark and then four more, you know, and yep. then and at the end of the day, the week, the month, whatever it is, we tally them up and we, and we look and see, is there a correlation between you know, and I have to believe if I, if foot scans go up, uh, sales go up. Yep. So sales are a lag measure. Foot scans are a, a, a lead measure. Yeah. Customer service scores go up as well, by the way, this, this, uh, particular dealer, uh, uh, uh shoe store, um, has one i i want to say how many years in a row they've been a top 10 shoe retailer for uh, the trade magazine uh based on mystery shops so consistently they have outperformed their peers on customer service mm -hmm. i mean everything benefits from being able to do this oh yeah people like dealing with people who know what they're doing yeah, and if you drag out some cool machine that looks like something I've never seen anybody else do, all yep. of a sudden, yeah, my my expectations, uh, my my customer experience is is heightened because yeah, I've bought a ton of shoes. No one ever did this before. That's right. And so yeah, when you said you know you had you know Albert the shoe scanning machine, I thought Albert was a pseudonym for Al Bundy, uh, the greatest <laughs> the greatest shoe salesman uh, you know in pop culture history. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, they couldn't use Al's name, so they just tweaked it a little. I Albert. They, yeah, I see what they did there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that brings us to the last piece of this, which everybody, uh, at least most of the clients we work with, struggle with, mm -hmm. uh, which is the uh, cadence of accountability, I believe is what uh, four executions call it, or four disciplines yep. executions call it, the where you have to gather around the scoreboard. Yeah. So we, now we've got a chart. There's a wall chart and it's got, you know, our lead lag measures and they're updated. We have to gather around it, physically gather around the scoreboard, update the scoreboard, and then talk about, you know, what went well, uh, you know, what are our, still our opportunities, where are we ahead, behind, things like that. And then talk about, well, okay, what do we got to do this coming week in order to stay on track, get back on track, or, or stay ahead of where wherever we're at. And, and there's celebrations. Uh, right. And I, my favorite is when they let the team member color in the, the square or update the thermometer or mm. or fill in the whatever. So, you know, put the gold star on the on the on the, the scoreboard. So. So, yeah, I actually get to change the score. And I, you know, I conducted the lead measures that, that led to that change in the score. Um, this, this has to be done weekly. Uh, the book talks about it. It's, it's 15 minutes or less. Uh, it also Stand has up. Yeah, yeah, it's a stand-up huddle kind of thing. We're huddling around the scoreboard. And what I really like about it is the book talks about you can't have any other topics. This is this is not the point where you bring up, hey, we need to uh, reseal the parking lot. Yeah. Like, we're, no, this is not the reseal the parking lot meeting. That's important. Put a pin in that. Do yep. my Hollywood producer thing. I'm going to put a pin in that for later. <laughs> and we will talk about that. But in this meeting, all we talk about is lead measures, lag measures, the the, the goal that we're working on, and what do we need to do to stay on track. And yeah. that's, you know, everything else is excluded from that meeting. And that's why it's a 
capable of being a 15-minute stand-up meeting because it's insanely focused and it's the scoreboard that focuses you. So we, we talk a lot on this podcast about uh, your book, Coaching Amplified, and the respect-based performance coaching method, which is, I would say, uh, a, a very similar to that accountability meeting where we're just you know basically taking a moment to say, let's look at the numbers, mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't, what are we committing to for next time? Mm-hmm. And uh, this time it's it's on a weekly basis and as a group instead of typically monthly and one on one, the way RPC would would have you do it. But mm-hmm. um, but either way, like you've got you you have to do something to where you're looking at the numbers so that they actually mean something and you get a chance to say out loud what you're going to do next time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's no different, right? With a goal like this, it would be you know a two year goal. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you know. The in, my inner procrastinator is yeah is already thinking about you know pushing yeah. this off and then and then the insane you know you know it'd be the 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 twenty twenty first month yep. <laughs> of the two year goal push push sudden, push yeah we gotta go right and quality goes to heck so so yeah breaking this thing up and and, and checking on it weekly yeah uh, right I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a hundred and four check in meetings yeah. <laughs> right. And so that when, when it comes around, you know, who knows, we may get done early, Uh, but it won't, uh, you know, what's that adage Uh, work expands to fill the amount of time allotted for it. That's right. So if the teacher gives you six months to write a paper, it's going to take you five months and 30 days. (laughs) You know, if she gives you the same paper, she gives you six days, it's going to take you five days and 23 hours, (laughs) you know, so so whatever the time frame is, right, without this leadership, without this coaching, without the system, uh, then, yeah, our natural tendency is to let the work expand and rush towards the end. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. And I, I'm really um, I'm really looking forward to uh, working with this client. You gave me a lot of great ideas uh, to, to help them sort of walk through that. And I think I think uh, something that you've uh, pointed out, and it hadn't really hit me until we just sort of had this conversation, is you can't really leave any of the four disciplines out, right? Like it, like it's it sounds good, like yeah, 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 that gave us enough of what we need. But the reality is that if you don't take it all the way through to now, we got to look at it, like make ourselves look at it on a regular basis you haven't had the full benefit of being able to say, okay, we're actually executing. So um, I appreciate that, that good reminder there at the end. Big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. The part I think everybody forgets, I've seen it get to the scoreboard phase. And then, you know, when I ask, all right, how, how often are you gathering around it to celebrate update and, and gain commitment for the next, you know, the next week, yep. you know, the whirlwind, you know, yep. when caught us up, you know, I had a manager was off sick. So-and-so was on vacation and, uh, you know the world right? right which is which is this system is designed to help you fight against the whirlwind that, that's exactly uh, it. and so yeah that last piece right we set the goals we figured out what activities we need to do we created a scoreboard and it dies right there yeah so just from our experience it's that it's that cadence of accountability that weekly follow-up that makes this thing work and, and it works incredibly well i predict that we do a follow-up episode in the near future about how do you handle when you have that meeting and the scoreboard doesn't look so pretty. I think that probably is on the minds of, of a lot of our listeners. So just put, put that, uh, put a pin in that Mike, if you will. 
Mm. That's two pins in one podcast. Exactly Ooh. right. <laughs> it's chock full of good stuff. <laughs> uh, the uh, And uh, no, I like this a lot. This is something real world, something we deal with all the time. Wish you all the best of success with your client. Uh, we're Bless you. On this. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, hopefully we'll get a progress update as well uh, mm. as this move forward over the next couple of years, uh, which is a great reason. Uh, you know, you don't want to miss any of these updates. You should push the subscribe button, uh, hit the <laughs> bell, right. give us a thumbs up. And, uh, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in, you know, in, in a church or, or some other organization, uh, by all means, share away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't just keep, uh, it doesn't take a genius to yourself. I have an upcoming uh, PSA I'm going to produce with sad music and black and white photos of you, like Ken Burns effect, pulling over your face. Um, you know, for zero dollars a day, you too could help this man have a podcast that's successful. I, I don't know what's going to say quite yet, but I, I'm going to work on that to just to give people further encouragement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing us buying the rights to the Sarah McLaughlin music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the arms of a stranger. Yeah. Kind oh, of yeah. Played in the no, background. Arms of an angel. Arms of an angel. Yes. Yes. There arms we go. of a stranger. That's like. Yeah. I think that's a disco song from, you know, the wrong side of the tracks. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, that was the theme for my prom. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> All right. Let's Don Wolf, where are you? Save us. Yeah, save us, Mr. Wolf. Uh, let's go to our announcer, an all-time greatest uh, movie problem solver, uh, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> and there you have it. Another session of contemporaneous extemporizing from Mark and Mike. I know it's redundant, but consider who we're talking about. As always, feel free to share the ideas you heard here. No right to reserve, no permissions needed. Thanks. See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.